just uh, it's so ominous. Say this now. <laughs> some uh special people with me today you came at a good time uh in order we got mason courtney and alex uh from kid romantic how you guys doing feeling great feeling good yeah how are you <laughs> uh doing good i um i just beat you guys here actually by about 20 minutes so awesome <laughs> good timing i got caught in traffic on the way back from work it was like i kept coming from brentwood on the interstate and it was like, I was in a standstill for about 20 minutes. I was worried you guys were going to beat me here. So. Oh, it took me at least 30 minutes just to get to the interstate from Murfreesboro. You came up here from Murfreesboro? Mm -hmm. Did you all come up here from Murfreesboro? Uh, no, I was at Antioch. Okay. I was in East Nashville. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us, man. Definitely. Um, I had, I saw you guys, what was that? When did you guys play? That was Sunday? Last weekend? Last Saturday? Saturday. You there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I came to see, um, that was your birthday party, wasn't it? Yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, yes, I, I came to see uh, Taxi Wave. I'm glad I stuck around. Awesome. Oh, yeah. awesome. Me too, man. Yeah. Um, I definitely became a fan of Taxi Wave after that show. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, I think I was telling Alex here about the... Um, I, I found you guys on Instagram before that, because um, I guess whenever you guys made one, it popped up. Yeah. And then, um, so then I saw the bill the taxi was playing on. I'm like, oh shit, I just saw this band on Instagram. So small world. Right. It's funny how stuff like that happens. Like, and we're, we have a mutual friend, Sarah. It's yeah. like, um, it's a small world. It's right? funny how that happens. Acquaintance. I haven't seen Sarah in like six years, but. It's been a while for me too. Yeah. Shout out to Sarah and the Safe Word. Yeah, great band. Go check them out. Sarah and the Safe Word. They're Man, they're blowing up right now. Really? Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, they're doing big things. They ended up on a buddy of mine. Like, what is that Spotify rap thing where it's like, what yeah. you played the most of on Tommy's? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was yeah. talking about that. Actually. Yeah. Um, speaking of big things, uh, you you guys have merch now. Got stickers. <laughs> Yeah, that's we, awesome. we have stickers and <laughs> we're working on other stuff hell right? yeah like it's it's all so dope you know yeah. we, we're working with some different artists and mason here's designed some things for us that are just right really really cool we're really excited to put out that's that's really cool it's like um if you're not doing this kind of thing like expression i mean maybe that's just me but i feel like this is really one of the only things to do in in life i guess is I mean, uh, art. I like to eat. 
Are you even scared? Yeah, are you even scared? <laughs> I guess, it, yeah, it's not the only thing. There is, like, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's not overlook self-preservation. Like, <laughs> that is, you know what? Survival it's fantastic. Is all right. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure. big on breathing. <laughs> I skipped that one today. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, um, I feel like people, it, I think it's, it's just expression. People mm -hmm. have to express themselves. Yeah. And that comes out one way or another. For us, it's, you know, music for some people it's art some people it's food you know people express themselves and their feelings in a myriad of ways and i think that's what makes life so interesting is that you know everything that we do is an extension of ourselves in a way you know mm -hmm. it is how we feel about us and how we feel about the world around us and whether you realize it or not you're communicating that through everything that you do i feel like so in a way not to get like I guess, you know, new agey on you, but I feel mm -hmm. like everything that a person puts an effort into, you know, or like puts themselves into, it could be considered art, regardless of whether mm -hmm. it's music, you know, dance, art, or like visual art, you know, podcasts, anything that captures a little bit of you could be considered art. It, like fashion, <laughs> like just to express the way you express yourself in little ways too. Exactly. Yeah, I get what you exactly. mean for sure. Yeah, it's like, it, it kind of just bleeds out of us all. Like yeah. maybe sometimes unintentionally, I think. Oh yeah, Sub subconsciously yeah. for sure. Like, and that's the thing that frustrates me about a lot of people is that people feel not so bad to just hold on to everything and keep everything close to chest. And what you don't, they don't understand is that everything that you're feeling is gonna come out one way or the other. Mm. We're like, we're not built for that. We're not built to just hold everything in. And it eventually explodes. Yeah. yeah. You gotta have an outlet for sure. I feel that. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, um, I think like, like it's fear, the reason people hold it in, right? Oh, yeah. they're, they're afraid oh, of what people yeah, are gonna absolutely. think when they see that or hear that thing. Mm -hmm. And like, that, like, this is one of the rhetorics I go to all the time, but I think the opposite of, of fear is something like love. It's like, or, or the opposite of love isn't something like hate, it's more like fear. Because, like, courage isn't really the opposite of fear either. It's like, you have to, you kind of have to be afraid in order to be brave. It's like, fear, courage is a response to fear. Whereas, like, and hatred isn't really the opposite of love in the sense of, like, you still feel something. Like, that's still a connection. Can I ask a question? Yeah, go ahead. Just uh, for argument's sake, can you name something you hate? And why? I hate uh, control over the individual. I think um, putting boundaries on any human being is a is the sin. Like that is, people have the right to be themselves, and no one has the right to take that from me. I I hate that. I hate authority. I wholeheartedly agree with that. <laughs> wholeheartedly. I take that all the way up to the man upstairs. <laughs> no, I like I, I I feel that on every level. But I, I so my question to you now is: Do you feel like that hatred is that hatred has its root in the fear of being controlled? Yeah, you're right, man. Yeah, it's something like that for sure. I think you said that pretty well. It's like I'm I'm afraid of someone's control over me. So it's like because you, I mean, especially if you don't trust that person. Oh, right? absolutely. Because like absolutely. what? Yeah, you're just like, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that we were, we were just talking about Get Out and how that hypnotism scene really freaked me out. I, I don't know the people that make this movie. Like, I don't have any specific reason to distrust uh, Jordan Peele, but, uh, or the, the rest of the people behind the movie, but I don't know them. Yeah. So it like, oh, Alice, I was, I was talking about how uh, I was watching that movie Get Out and there was a part in there that um, it hypnotized me a character and I felt like I was being hypnotized by it, it scared me. Um, but, but something like that, yeah, that, that terrifies me because it's like someone is relinquishing your own control over yourself. Right. I, I, I can totally, I acknowledge it. And I understand that fear wholeheartedly. Uh, what about you guys? Can you guys name something that you hate? And why? It's a good question. It's a hard question too. It is because like hate is just such a strong word, but I really don't like a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 the, yeah like, that, that's that line there between like there. Sure, there's plenty of things like I didn't like being stuck in traffic earlier, <laughs> but but do I necessarily hate it? That's a that's a different term. Well, I, I think different. when going back to like you know and keep thinking while well, I say this. I can't. <laughs> Damn fruit. All yes, it's a nasty fruit like honey dude can go get fucked too okay. <laughs> oh, I didn't my brother what it was, but there was some kind of fruit that he made us try out it was called the booger fruit because oh. like that's what it was it was like the inside of it was like some kind of like seeds and a very mucusy consistency are you sure he wouldn't just feed you booger <laughs> i mean he could have been like he could have been like probably all the ones he stored up from my niece as she was growing up or something like in a jar <laughs> That's sick, but <laughs> I, you got to honor that kind of commitment. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> dedication. <laughs> uh, what, what about you? Do you have, is there anything you can think of? Um, man. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of like do a cop out here for a second and be like, so I can't things that don't things that don't serve me don't stay in my mind long enough for me to hate them if that makes sense mm. it's like i could be absolutely furious with with a thing or a person and it's happened many many times and my brain and when i'm done being angry when i'm done being upset my brain will just into the ether because i've gotten to a point in my life where i just can't carry that around it's not healthy it's not healthy and it's not healthy for anybody to be able to just hold grudges mm. like that. I think, you know, everybody's journey is their own. But for me personally, it's like, I just don't have the energy and the space to hold on to negativity like that anymore. And that's not to say that things don't make me angry. It's not to say that things don't piss me off. It's just that I don't have the capacity to hold on to that for an extended amount of time. Mm -hmm. So it's like anything that I would, that I have been this utterly upset and mad and pissed off about, eventually it just goes away. Because yeah. I can't, I can't hold on to it. I think that's a good way to be. Like, <laughs> I, I uh, kind of envy that a little bit because it's like, um, I mean, if, if you hate something, it's it's just hurting you still, right? Right. It's like you, you're the one holding on to that, and it's like, I mean, it's not hurting that thing that you hate. It's yeah. just hurting you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it's sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead, man. It's like finding that balance between like, people say you forgive, but you don't forget. Hmm. 
And like, it's one of those idioms that's so cliche, but things are cliche because they make sense, because they yeah. make sense. You know, you forgive whatever, the, what, whoever hurts you, whatever hurts you, you forgive it so that you can move on. But you don't forget because then if you let me forget, the same shit happens to you the next time. I think you know, the hard part about that is like, if something's still happening, how do you move on from it? That's, yeah, that's, that's the kicker, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think people, people hate things. I think people only hate things that are still at, like, more, more often than not, people hate things that are still actively affecting them. Mm-hmm you know, on a regular basis, you know, people hate, you know, I don't know, their, their abusive partners or their abusive parents, or, you know, people hate their jobs. People hate, what's it, what's something common that everybody hates? Like uh, Christmas music. Christmas music. <laughs> so Cody. Right, here it's coming again. <laughs> I have to play Christmas music at work all the time. Cody, I see you, baby. I love That's you. I wish you were here, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> So uh, the reason I bring up Cody is because Cody vehemently hates mm. Christmas music. And me personally, Christmas music, I was, I was sitting in, so I'm going to keep it the older I get, the less I care about Christmas. Mm. I might get like stoned for that, but like, I'm sorry. I just, I'm not a kid anymore. Like I don't get presents. Like right now, Christmas just feels more like a hassle than anything. Mm. Cause I got to buy shit for people. I got to visit people. I got to do all these things. And it becomes more stressful than anything when you're an adult, I feel like. And so like, I've had, I've had a hard time getting into the Christmas spirit, but I was sitting in, in a hunt in the Hyundai uh, service building, waiting for my car to get serviced. And they were playing Christmas music the whole time I was there, like the whole two hours. And like, in that moment, I was feeling jolly. I was like, oh, well, this is nice. It feels this is Christmas spirit. This is Christmas spirit. Like, and I hadn't <laughs> felt that. Mm. And I think I'm just, I'm one of those people who's just very, very deeply, deeply affected by music. Like, that's just something like ever since I was a kid, like music has just moved me in a way that I that I I mean, it's just very intense and and meaningful to me. So like when I hear Christmas music, I don't hear first of all, I love that song. All I want for Christmas is you. First of all, Mariah Carey is everything. I love that song. I love Mariah Carey. I'll listen to it all damn day. But like just Christmas music in general is just people being joyful about the about the season. And that like that made me feel good. It made yeah. me feel good that somebody was joyful enough about the time and the season to sing about it. Mm-hmm. It's know? actually it's a really awful thing for me to shit on because it's just good vibes. It's just like <laughs> It's just people having a good time. It's like, oh, fuck that. I mean, hey, if you don't like it, you don't like it. You're not, you're not yeah. entitled. No one's entitled to like Christmas music. I'm just saying me personally. But at the very least, you're self-aware of that. So <laughs> you're just being like, hey. It's not all good. There's a lot of commercialism. Oh. You know, yeah, there's yeah. fights over Starbucks cups. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you yeah. say happy holidays to me? <laughs> Which I've been telling people happy holidays like all, all around. And I've yet to get a weird look about it so Mm -hmm. hey progress that's um (laughs) i I was raised as a jehovah's witness and we didn't like do holidays as a kid so i have like a weird relationship with things like christmas and halloween but um that that's something like uh when i was a kid that that's something we would happy holidays instead of merry christmas and like um i i like not this year but i have had like weirdness about that like maybe back in the like while back like going up to people and saying happy holidays and merry christmas to kind of expect it's also kind of a area thing i think 
like if you're in more of a rural area rather than Nashville, it's like people, most of them are celebrating Christmas, not Hanukkah or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, but the thing is, like, it, it kind of is one of those things where you never know mm-hmm. with a person. Somebody, right. I, I do that for the people who aren't celebrating Christmas, who don't necessarily, or even not even necessarily that they are of a different nom- denomination. Even people who just don't want to celebrate Christmas, you know, hey, happy holidays. It's cold. It's dark. I have seasonal depression. This shit sucks. But like, hey, I hope you have a good time anyway you know around yeah. this time of year yeah i, I yeah I, I think it's a it, it's a dumb thing for people to get angry about oh like, it's absolutely, yeah, it absolutely is yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you know what people are gonna get mad about something no matter what you do oh, that ain't absolutely. the one that i subscribe to <laughs> i don't like that yeah, yeah, yeah. right <laughs> that's what it is yeah yeah and yeah like being raised uh like hyper religiously like i'm i'm very much aware of cult mentality like i just see it everywhere and like it has expanded outside of religions now it's everything well i mean like uh like low-hanging fruit would be like uh sports teams it's like i don't really give a shit if my sport team does well i'm still in their corner you know what i'm saying that's how people generally treat it like that's my city you know whether your city is doing well or not and like um i mean everything literally everything is like that like politics is another low-hanging fruit where um if you don't agree with me you're not in my group like i can't have a communication with you if we're not on the same page about certain things it's like that that's a that's why i got away from all of that as a kid is like um i don't like being told how to think or how to act oh yeah Um, absolutely like you um you know, politics is a very weird one, an interesting one, because it's like, does anybody else think it's weird to like, like, so I vote, I voted blue. I voted for Joe Biden. I don't carry around Biden shirts. I don't carry around it's Biden. It's not part of your identity. Hair, it's not part of my identity. <laughs> right. Yeah. I voted for that guy because I wanted the other guy out. That's as far as I thought it out. Yeah. And I'm not particularly happy with him either. We're not going to get too, too deep into mm-hmm. it, but like, Politics is one of those things where it's like I'm I'm held hostage by a system that I didn't choose. Exactly. But I got to make a choice, and I think it's kind of shitty to to tell people for making a choice in a system that they they that kind of makes them. The whole thing is so confusing. Like, yeah, we we have to be able to talk, like to have a conversation about everything. But and it like, it gets it gets so volatile. Yeah. On both on, and I, I hate I hate to say this because I hate this rhetoric, but on both sides, people get so passionate about it i saw a video of this girl like it was a tiktok of this girl uh, like uh, it was it was joe biden in the background and like uh, joe biden in the background giving a speech and she's just sobbing like she's just she's really feeling whatever joe biden is saying and everybody in the comments is like yeah this this aged poorly and even i'm like in my head i'm going yeah this mm-hmm. aged poorly this is oh this is this is a bad look but like i can't imagine ever being that passionate about a politician mm-hmm. like even when obama was elected it's like okay this is a this is this is a hallmark for the black community there is a black president now that means something that meant something that still means something to this day and it really did shake up a lot of shit in our politics which you know we won't get too much into but that was something that meant something not necessarily obama himself as a person 
I mean, Obama just seems like a really cool guy. Like I sit and hang out with Obama. <laughs> but, um, but, Obama, come on the podcast. Yeah, go kick it with us. Do it. But um, but the, the 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 notion of a black president in America was something that was so unheard of, but it finally mm-hmm. happened. It like set it like that was some that was a meaningful moment mm-hmm. in history. But him, the person himself, I find it weird to like go. To, I find it weird to look at politics to, to find a to look at a politician and not scrutinize them mm-hmm. yeah. because that's kind of the whole point is you uh, oh. as you of you as a constituent mm-hmm. is to scrutinize this person and make sure that they are doing the things that they say they're going to do especially if you're in their corner yeah not especially if you're in their corner and not if you're uh like like if you voted for this person extra scrutinize them it's like like police your politicians like make sure they hold up their promises you know where it's like um low-hanging fruit uh trump supporters will support trump no matter what he does no matter what he does a lot of the time and like that i mean that is just a low-hanging fruit i could point to any politician really but like yeah critical thinking you know not just i'm in this camp and if my team doesn't win this football game i'm still in this camp it's like maybe you should just pick a better team Pick a, pick a team that does what you want them to do. First of all, I, first of all, I'm an Atlanta fan, so you're you're you you're that I <laughs> find that I find that extremely insulting. <laughs> My team is hot garbage, and I will stick by them till I like, die. That's <laughs> that's a lot. Of, yeah, that's how it, that's how sports works. Yeah, but this is the, but the thing I could say that because sports is inconsequential. Yeah, it, ultimately, mm-hmm. it does not affect anything or anyone's life if Atlanta loses like their thirtieth game this season. It might hurt emotionally, but I'll get over it. Right. You know? Yeah. Eventually, I gotta go on with it, It's a game. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a game. Yeah. Whereas, like, the religion and politics, not a game. Yeah. We're talking like, about people's, people's lives. lives. Yeah. Exactly. So. And, it, like, you were, you were, like, we were just saying, like, um, people getting volatile on both sides of it. Like, let's go back five, six hundred years. It's like witch burnings. It's like not even witches speak out against Catholicism, period. And we won't just kill you. We will make an example out of you. Real shit, you know? That's not that far back in our history. Like, I mean, it is, it's not. But, um, like, that's, we're looking at that again, really. It's witch hunts. It's like, yeah, people are people are so excited. We've made it a game. I don't know if you guys have been on social media recently. Like, people love looking for things mm-hmm. to, oh, yeah. like, to, like, socially crucify you with. For sure. Like they, we love looking at people like I, I, I'm going back to that uh, video of that girl. It's like, yeah, this did not age well, but you have publicly shamed this person on a widespread platform. And this was not a person that I followed. Mm-hmm. So it's like you are reaching people that does that don't know you. Like you have a reach and you are clowning this person because you think it's funny, it's cute, mm-hmm. whatever. And clearly this person, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you. This person, this person crying at a video of Joe Biden speaking doesn't seem like they're the most, you know, emotionally, you know, together, together person. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they might take offense. They might feel some kind of way about you, you know, doing this to them. And not to say that, and like, I feel like, we as society we lost empathy compassion like Mm -hmm. 
you're a human being and you deserve to live and be happy yeah even if you have the wrong ideas yeah it's like let's just talk and like maybe we can work out our differences instead of like no if we disagree about this thing you're literally the devil and i'm gonna kill you no i will say this there are some (laughs) things that you know that can't be reconciled for instance if you know you believe that if you believe that a person deserves to die based on their beliefs or who they choose to love or the color of their skin then no i can't reconcile that with you you're yeah yeah they have to come to you and meet you on that level you're not going to meet them on that level yeah i totally agree with you yeah i'm not not reaching across the aisle to somebody who would sooner cut my hand off than reach back like you're absolutely right there there are hard lines in the sand and willingness to communicate is one of those lines if you're not willing to debate your ideas it's like well then we can't really talk to you yeah (laughs) yeah that's what it is and not everything is up for and there's there are things that just aren't up for debate people's lives are not up for debate yeah uh yeah if it's i mean contextually like because we have we have some states have like a a murder clause where it's like uh what do you call that uh death penalty yeah it's like so i mean we literally are arguing on people's lives at some points i don't know if i agree with that but it's happening it's like here in tennessee yeah do we have a death penalty here Uh, we have yeah river band it's where death rose at let's talk about that how do you guys what do you guys think about that life in prison or death penalty i feel like it's kind of like a messy thing and i would just say that i'm unsure how i feel Mm -hmm. about it um you know i definitely understand you know victims families and like incredibly gruesome and heinous crimes i think they're justified to feel how they feel about it but a lot of people's you know argument against it is that they they want them to suffer more with life in prison so is the motivation of being against it like where is that coming from is it really mercy or is it vengeance yeah. you know and like what is what else is at stake i don't think this has really happened often but what if there is a prolific serial killer who repeatedly escapes in that instance like i'm just going to say i don't know yeah it's very great it but there's there's also a lot of people that are wrongfully convicted and it's you know a crime against humanity to put them to death yeah i i, I guess it's also a crime against me you put them in a cage too like you were saying like it's like sometimes the motivation would be like killing them is not good enough they have to and i i kind of feel that way where it's like if you put someone in a cage for 10 20 years you might as well kill them at that point it's like i don't i personally i feel i'm not, i've never been in that situation so i can't really say but i feel like i'd rather die than be confined like that mm-hmm. for a long period of time and there are people who make that choice yeah yeah uh, it it seems like i get i suppose the way i look at it and like you said it's it's hard to say you know it's not an easy question but i suppose the way i look at it is i i don't think it's 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 never something you should be happy about but some people need to die because they're a threat to society it's like, I, I'm not happy about it, but like, what other solutions sometimes? So, yeah. What? Was your phone on? So, no. <laughs> Thanks uh, for reminding me. I don't think mine is either. <laughs> yeah. Mine is next. I'm scared. There's no way I like, we are, we are, way. you are a professional, we are on a show, and you. Hey, Alice is chill. She's cool. <laughs> <laughs> You you say this now. (laughs) Wait till the camera's off. Um, 
let's let's change gears a little bit what uh you guys have any ghost stories just whatever order you guys want to i don't i get um i'm sorry i mean to cut you off but uh i should preface that better do you have any experiences that you can't reconcile with logic something like that hmm. um i have friends <laughs> Difference? Maybe I broadened it too much. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, it's hard thing to phrase. Like, yeah, like a supernatural experience, something that doesn't, something that seems to break break your idea of logic. I guess. Unfortunately, I'm a dead as a doorknob on that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's not a bad answer. Yeah, I think this whole this whole like existence is supernatural quite honestly mm -hmm. i think the fact that i am a you know walking talking thinking feeling being and i'm mostly what carbon and water and electrical impulses like that's when you break down existence into what it actually is on a scientific level it doesn't make any sense when you think about the fact that we are on a you know 200 billion ton rock hurtling through space at a million billion miles an hour and we're just sitting here having conversation like it's pretty crazy it's weird right if you really if you want to look at it on that level that's that's an excellent answer like i yeah mm -hmm. it's like maybe i'm looking for that thing when it's like literally everywhere yeah it's everything life in general is strange it's strange and beautiful and awful yeah. and all just runs the whole spectrum of the full um, array of adjectives. Yeah, like, mm. but it, it's 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 cool, right? Can we call yeah, I'm having a good time. Yeah, right, right. In this <laughs> moment, in this moment, this is fun. I really yeah. enjoy this. Can we Me write too. a song and call it "Array of Adjectives"? Array of adjectives. I mean, we want to write a, uh, an adjective song. I mean, not necessarily, but I just like that title. <laughs> I love right. words describing other words. Alliteration for the win. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Courtney, do you have any ghost stories? I just don't feel like I, I don't know. I, I'm a person that like wants to believe in a lot of things, but I'm just, I'm very agnostic mm -hmm. about everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, um, I did feel that way at one point, very much so. I was like, um, when I got out away from religion, I was probably more than agnostic like atheist level. I, I feel like I, I was raised church of christ so I, okay. don't, I don't think i could ever go back <laughs> yeah um but were you guys raised religiously one of my mother's greatest regrets was that me and my brother were not raised in the church hmm. was told that at least a couple of times what uh denomination is your mom uh she was church of christ as well <laughs> i like that that's your reaction <laughs> non-denominational yeah. they would uh, say so um my family is well my mom anyway is very loose loosely religious uh, my dad was so my parents have been divorced since i was 11 years old so but before all of that um we used to go to church a lot and i believe it was my dad that you know that did that you know my dad's still still very active in the church um uh, i feel like the black religious experience is something that I can't, you could do a whole podcast on that by itself. I think we should. There's just a lot of really 
interesting nuances there between the the, the cross section of being a black person in America and being a religious person in America and what that means. But um, me personally, so I was a very angry and lonely and depressed teenager. And I found some kind of comfort in, uh, you know, uh, my, I was, uh, my, so my mom had a friend and her friend's parents would take me and my little sister to church with them. They were Episcopalian. Mm -hmm. And I got involved with the youth group at their church. And, you know, at that time, that was something that really just, it, I, I just, I just, I needed something to cling to, you know what I mean? I needed something to make me feel like life was worth living at that time. And, you know, that helped me get through a really rough time in my life. Um, also, you know, one of the greatest experiences I have, I have had in my life was going to Ireland on a, on a mission trip with that, with that youth group, which shout out to them to going to, for, for going to Ireland on a mission trip and not like fucking Africa or some <laughs> shit. Cause like, oh God, so shout out, shout out to them for that. Hmm. But, um, not, not for, not for like, so like we, we, we're, we're all aware that mission trips are bullshit. Like yeah. people, mm-hmm. like you go, you go to this impoverished country to spread your gospel or whatever. It's like, oh, Hey, we'll give you we'll water. Give you things yeah. You spend money. all this money to go there yeah. and virtue signal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's, mm-hmm. but, but that's not why we went to, no. that's not why we went Here's to Ireland. Ireland. Bible. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's not why we went to Ireland. We, I learned a lot in Ireland and I learned about you know like the Celtic Christians there, there was this intersection of paganism and Christianity where they believe that God was of the earth and we should respect and revere the earth in a way that as we would respect and revere God also uh we learned about like the holy trinity like the the feminine holy trinity trinity you know the mother the the virgin the mother and the crone is that well, also an Irish thing? Yes, okay. yes, like I, I Celtic pagan type deal, like the divine feminine, well, which is Celtic a pagan. right, right, and that that blends with Christianity. Somehow? Yeah, well, what happened was the Romans invaded, you know, the British Isles, and then they ended up in Ireland, and there was a lot of like like cultural melding going mm. on, where it's like the pagans of that island, kind of a lot of ideas were being swapped between them and the Christians, mm. or the, like the Roman Catholics or whatever, and so like we end up with like Celtic Christians, which was like a super cool thing. That's that really happened, cool, right? right? Yeah. Right? That reminds me, I, I'm, yeah. um, I, I know very little about it, but I've been looking into Haitian voodoo, which is like a mix of African voodoo magic and European Catholicism. Yeah. It, like, it gets weird. Yeah, the, 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 mel- the, the, the melding of those two religions. And by the way, like, first of all, Christianity or monotheism specifically originated in Africa or in that like mm-hmm. Middle Eastern peninsula. Monotheistic religions started there. The, the Europeans adopted that mm. from us. So, and full circle talking about, you know, being a teenager and being super into the church. And like, that was a, that was a really, that was the thing that helped me out a lot. And then I got to college and I took a, an African-American studies class and we talked about how all this Christianity shit was stolen out of Egypt and, and Africa. And like, you know, the Europeans worked it to make it into something, you know, to suit their own ends. Mm. And that's when I basically kind of like, that's when I became an agnostic. And as I've gotten older, I'm sort of, yeah, I mean, so the, I, 
I consider myself a Christian in the most literal sense in that I believe in the, I don't want to say allegory, but the, what, what Jesus Christ represents. Mm. And for all intents and purposes, like in terms of like what, how Jesus is accurately, Jesus's accurate portrayal in the Bible, Jesus was a person of color. He was a socialist. He certainly wasn't white blonde. He certainly wasn't Jesus. white blonde, gun toting like America. America like. <laughs> hey man, that's, no, that's blasphemy. Sorry, you're, no, yeah. you go to hell. <laughs> you, you go to hell and you die. <laughs> let it, let the record show that when someone asks you what would Jesus do, uh, chasing people around with a bullwhip is is an option. <laughs> I call that Tuesday. <laughs> I gotta stop doing that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe stop or just just do that. Just like that just did for the rest of the interview. Okay. <laughs> All right, yeah. So <laughs> you, uh, you, you, your voice is gonna get stuck like that. It's just gonna happen. Yeah. Probably. West Virginia ninja. <laughs> West Virginia ninja. Yeah, don't go ninja nobody. Don't need ninja. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. What you're saying about Christianity, though, um, like. There's only the only reason I wouldn't call myself a Christian is because I know I'm not living that lifestyle. I'm not following Jesus' footsteps. But that's literally the only reason. It's I mean, like I'm you, I'm not being I'm not acting like a Christian. Well, do you do you consider yourself a person who would help those in need where you able? Will you consider yourself a, a person of empathy and kindness towards your fellow man? Mm. <clears throat> um, would you consider yourself a person who is not I mean sacrificing i guess is, is like a really intense word but like i i consider myself a christian in the sense that like i believe in what jesus christ stood for really and truly like yeah. i believe in that ethos and that's something akin to <clears throat> treat others the way you want to be treated um empathy um good vibes yeah <laughs> something like I mean, that good yeah. vibes but just like you know respecting yourself respecting the planet respecting others mm. like just respect and reverence for life as it, as it as it is you know and just trying to doing your best not to do to do more to do more good than harm in the world mm -hmm. that's really my end goal in life just to do more good than harm yeah not a perfect person i like, you know, like you're asking me if i stand for those things i think um like fundamentally yes but if i'm to look outside of myself like step back and actually assess myself there are areas that i i need a lot of improvement on you know what i mean we all do but that doesn't make you any any more no first of all none of us are perfect the idea it's that the effort yeah, yeah and it's like it's the idea that there is a way to be christian in and of itself that is just wrong just so incredibly wrong like there isn't a rule i mean i guess there is technically a rule book but <laughs> <laughs> and i think in that instance too when you start trying to look at yourself like from a third party perspective it's hard to not focus on the negative like i think a lot of people when they try to look at themselves from outside themselves those are usually the first things that they think about yeah and then like when you're too inside yourself it's like you look at you might be looking right. at things not pragmatically either because right, everything he's talking about like helping out someone else and you know all these other good things I, for whatever reason i think a lot of people will immediately think of instances where i was not acting in such mm. a way that is exactly what i did you're right yeah now yeah i get what you're saying though it's it's not about like yeah i, I think maybe i am looking at it wrong it's it's an effort it's like you don't no one is just there 
Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, I, I think all of us that are trying to do that are trying to do better every day, trying to be better, and you know, doing and trying to be as altruistic as we can, because we can't all, you know, there are just a lot of things that we're not capable of. But you know, carrying it in your heart that like I want to do good, I want to be better. I think that in and of itself, and labels are one of those things that you as a person choose. And I think people, what people don't realize is that fellowship is great. Fellowship is a good way to connect with people, but your religious journey and what you believe in your relationship with God or with Christ, what have you, is deeply, deeply personal. Yeah. And it boils down to how you feel about it, not what everyone else feels. But I think that's a good point, too, kind of coming back to what you were talking about when it came to, like, sports teams and everything else. When people, like, develop those groups, I think it's because people inherently have that need for a sense of community, like, like some sense of belonging with a Try. group. And when you come across those that feel differently, of course, you're coming across someone that you've identified yourself with this group that you are now a part of, that you are one of many. Well, it's like you're against all of us and in that whole in a sense. It's a dangerous uh, game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and did you ever watch, uh, what was it, Billy and Mandy or The Adventures of oh, Billy and Mandy? Yeah. Was that it? Yeah. Yeah. There's one episode that I always think about when it comes to like politics, race, or like all these things where it's like these disagreements. And it's really stupid. I'm going to admit that right up front. I mean, it was a stupid show. But... I mean, yes. <laughs> So there was an episode where you found out Billy was afraid of clowns and there he has this like moment where he's talking to his future self and he's like, look, you, you shouldn't be afraid of clowns. Like, why, why are you afraid of them? Because they're different. And it's like, you shouldn't be afraid of them because they're different. You should hate them. <laughs> How dare they be different? <laughs> oh, geez. And that's what I think about a lot in life. <laughs> you can you can you can you can liken a lot of life's great you know epiphanies to Billy and Mandy. <laughs> I mean, it it stuck. Yeah, that that's hilarious. That's like it's funny how kids shows can be like some of the realest shit sometimes. Yeah, man, SpongeBob still is amazing. <laughs> I I swear I need to write a parody episode and call it Squidward Games. <laughs> Someone's, just, nice. someone's already done that on the internet, I promise. I'm sure we did, yeah, but still. Yeah, you gotta get on that now, because when this goes up, someone's gonna steal it. <laughs> Give me a producer credit. <laughs> At least that. <laughs> My last name's Golf. G-O-F-F. Spell it right. Golf? Damn it. <laughs> uh, I just uh, want to title things. That's my life. Just want to title things. So, what about aliens? Thoughts on aliens? I guess um, if aliens exist, is like that's that's not good enough. Do you think aliens have been here on Earth? If they did, I know why they didn't come back. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, if there, if there, if there truly is a species out there, intelligent and advanced enough, or you know, intergalactic travel, you really think they're coming here? Mm, I think they came and went, like you said. Yeah, 
Basically, we're the we're the planet that other aliens like roll up their windows when they drive by. <laughs> Maybe they were here first, and then like people showed up and they're like, "Oh, this neighborhood's gone to shit." <laughs> Property values are down so dramatically. Did yeah. we really? Did we really? Did we really? Uh, what's the word? What word am I looking for? Did we gentrify Earth from the aliens? <laughs> kind of. Did we? Yeah, uh, something like that. I um. <laughs> Well, I didn't bring it up just so I could give my opinion on it. What What do you guys think? <laughs> Again, no. No? Like, yeah. I just really think in the grand scheme of things, I'm not smart enough to know. You, you seem like you kind of just, you're, you're up in the air on things until you figure it out on a couple See, of things. See, I feel like... That's a good way to be, e though. Even with science, you know, like, we used to th think things that were, like, magic, you know? Like, mm -hmm. like you said, with the witch trials, like, people were burned because they could swim. And right. now we're like, oh, that's a very simple thing. Like, obviously. But I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll figure yeah. it out one day. I'm definitely not criticizing you. It's good to be open-minded. Like, open the... It could be anything, right? I, I promise I have some opinions. <laughs> you're just not, answering, you're just not asking the right questions. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I guess... What, what do you guys think about pyramids, though? Never seen one. Oh, yeah, I only seen pictures. It's, yeah. <laughs> you, you never did the, the, it's the, a lovely theater. The Bass Pro Shop. It's a, it's, it's a nice. That, that is true. <laughs> I, I remember driving past that, didn't know it exists, and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and I was like, is it a, why does it say Bass Pro? <laughs> it's, it's a lovely shape, but I've lived in a tiny home, and now I understand the value of vertical space, and it like, it reaches a point of diminishing returns in pyramids, so I don't know if I could live in one. Well, the thing that, that's, the point, of, the point of pyramids is not to live in them. <laughs> they're, 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 remember me. They are, yeah, they are a testament to, they are a testament to man's ingenuity mm -hmm. and ego. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't like that. Look at, look see, at all of one. my shit. This is part of what I've amassed. That's the one I can't wrap my head around is what you, like, I don't, I can't, how the fuck did we do that? Um, math, uh, a lot of dead slave dudes. labor, a lot yeah. of dead dudes, a lot of dead dudes. Yeah. Like I said, mostly, time. I feel like, I feel like time, mostly math, slave labor, and time. Like, when you got, when you have an entire, you have an entire, like, race of people no building, Netflix. building shit, building <laughs> shit for you. And yeah. sheer will. You know, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the, the God King. I'm, you know, Nebuchadnezzar or whatever. And I got all these people building shit for me. Like, that, that's certainly how that goes. And I have, like, this, the, the, I have like the smartest guy in in Egypt on payroll, like arc like architecturing this shit for me. Like, if you're right, the implications of that are insane because that means we are not nearly as smart as we were. I don't think that's true. I think, well, well elaborate on that. How do you how do you how do you figure? I, they they still can't figure out how they perfect. Well, I mean, they could could have done it nowadays with like lasers, but they have no idea how they perfectly cut these stones. Like, no. there's nothing in between them. I They're think like it, perfectly placed. I think it comes back. I think it goes in cycles. It it was something that Nietzsche kind of said, and I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. Where it was like, good times make weak men. Weak men make bad times. Bad times make strong men, and strong men make good mm -hmm. times. So maybe because we've got it pretty good nowadays with technology, right? We're soft and getting dumber, kind of like Wally. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, um, I, I don't think, think it goes in a cycle. That way. I don't. I don't think we're getting dumber. I think that well, there's more of us. 
first of all. <clears throat> There's more of us now than there were back in the day. Sure. Um, a lot more, like considerably more. But that being said, um, I think if you, whoever, whoever designed the pyramids for that, for that time was a genius, was a certifiable genius. If you gave that guy a Rubik's cube, his head would combust. Like, mm-hmm. it's so it's different like, kinds of intelligence. Different kinds of intelligence, mm-hmm. exactly. Like these guys, like there were, there were, there were schools of like you're talking about. You're talking about a point in history where people were coming up with like the Pythagorean theorem and shit, just out of sheer boredom. They have anything else to do, so they created mathematics, and now we all have to take fucking uh, algebra, like. Yeah. It's the language of the universe. It's like it's like a weird thing because like <clears throat> I'm sure all of us have cell phones. Most of us probably have computers. I definitely do. And like I don't know <laughs> how to build that thing. <laughs> I have no Rewind. idea how it works or how to build a phone. I don't I don't know. I don't have barely how to operate a computer. You know, I don't know I like like enough to do like web searches and basic stuff, but I couldn't go in there and like yeah. change things. You it's know? all wizards. That's touch, a, touch screen is yeah. an anomaly to me. I have no idea how how do you make it so that like I press a, a a piece of glass and it sends an electric impulse into this machine that sends mm. that makes something else appear on like it's magic. It's it might as well be magic. It's a very sensitive yeah. wizard. <laughs> it's yeah, getting into like etymology and like the the language we're using around things like there it there's no difference between science and magic it's just how we're looking at it right like yeah. you were like you were saying earlier it's like you give that dude a rubik's cube it's magic yeah and then to uh, to me at least like pyramids that's magic i'm like what the fuck is that like but i mean yeah you yeah it, it could i'm not counting that possibility out it's just still hard for me to conceptualize yeah. that i think i think like if you ask an architecture student or you ask like a, like a design student, like, hey, how'd they build the pyramids? It's like, well, there you go. Like, here's the... Just explain the whole thing, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. They, they can break it down for you. And, like, the thing is, like, space, there, there are only so many things you can do with space. There's a finite amount of dimensions that we have to work with. They haven't changed in 100 million years. There's nothing, I mean, not, not that there's nothing new. But the it's building like, blocks are the same. Yeah, the building blocks are the same. They had the same brick and mortar that we're working with now, you know. So it's like, yeah, it's like people people are so astounded. But it's like again, you're talking. You're it's a testament to you know the pharaoh's ego, the droves of sl- again the slave labor that he had in 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 his camp, and you know the brilliant minds that you know he had on payroll, you know. So that there you go. You get enough, you get enough brain power and manpower and ego behind you can make anything happen. I also believe that innovation comes out of necessity to an extent. Hmm. Oh, that's true. So you need to fill a need. But also, do you feel like the, the, the pyramids were a necessity? No, <laughs> no, but just when when we say, you know, we're people more intelligent previously, you know, and I I think that we ask that question because these are the people that, you know, invented the calendar, you know, like. We didn't always have HVAC. We didn't always have electricity. And I sometimes wonder if it makes us like a little bit pettier and a little bit less grateful because I believe that fear is an instinct that used to be there to help us survive. You know, you, you need a little bit of fear so that you step out of the way when that car is coming, for example. Um, and so now that we, mo- oh, the average person hopefully has a roof over their head, you know, like, is able to stay warm in the wintertime, not everybody, unfortunately, but 
do we get hung up on other other things you know other things that don't really matter as much like trivial things yeah. that you just wouldn't have time for because i've been camping in the woods with just a hammock and i really don't have time to worry about my beef with so and so or like mm. who ryan gosling is gonna marry like i don't know and I, I really don't worry about that anyway but you just you're kind of worried like okay is my fire gonna burn throughout the night am I gonna be warm like do I have my food cooked before the sun sets yeah. because it's gonna be really difficult to eat if I don't have that taken care of in this period of time and I just wonder if that impacts how we relate with each other in the world and what we view it's, as a problem it's got to right like, oh yeah. yeah like people need some kind of an adversary mm-hmm. and fight <clears throat> unfortunately like the way things are right now too like we all have to isolate you know, we're, we're getting more isolated from each other, um, through, I mean, because of necessity, but like, uh, like these tech tech companies, they're not really going so much to like these big buildings. Like if you can, mostly people are working from home and if you have that kind of job, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, we're getting like, yeah, isolated, like contact with people is getting weird, like, and more sparse. And imagine what it'll be like in another 20 years isn't that wild yeah it's like like the world is the world is bigger than it's ever been you know and we're more connected now than we've ever been and yet i know so many people who are terrified to make phone calls mm-hmm. oh i mean i hate it i have i have i have weird anxiety about phone calls like that's something that i've actively had to work against because it's like this is like do you ever wonder why it bothers you to, to make a phone call because i don't know like it bothers, it bothers me. It's something I've actively worked against now that I know that it's happening, but like, I don't know why I don't know it's either. such a thing. I don't know why it's such a hang up for it. It's such a universal thing. And I get nervous. Yeah, we, we all yeah. have phones. Like we have friends that we want to talk to. And we go, oh God, I don't want to call them. I'll to call them. Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. And then, dude, I'll, I even screen calls from people I like. I'm like, cause I just don't want to talk on the phone. Right? It's such a weird thing. Yeah. It's such a weird thing. That, though, granted, I'm a kind of person, I would much rather have a conversation in face-to-face mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. And I, I, will, I will absolutely not. I will absolutely not FaceTime. Like, mm-hmm. I, oh, I will, I, 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 I FaceTime, like, maybe one or two people in my life. Do not ever FaceTime. Me. Is that worse <laughs> than talking on the phone? I just, I don't, I don't, and I, then again, I don't, that's something I need to go home and, and sit on because I don't know what my issue is with FaceTime. Mm-hmm. It, it's supposed to help me right it's supposed to be the you know i can see your face we can have a face-to-face conversation even though technically you're not here it's supposed yeah. to be a thing that helps you yeah. in those nonverbal cues yeah. right non-verbal but cues. like in my brain just can't like th- there's a disconnect mm-hmm. i don't know why I don't... can i get you guys some water can you get some oh, okay thank you please yeah <laughs> I need to drink some water. Actually, yeah. Actually, well, yeah, 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 I got you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I need to drink more water. I have to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been like, uh, like hyper focused on my breathing lately. Just like, because I actually stopped smoking about a month ago. Oh, congrats. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, that was actually another part of that story because it has to, after I watched Get Out, I, uh, I was like, okay, the thing about this whole hypnotism thing is it, it's like a fear of control because I don't know these people, but I was like, well, what if I could just hypnotize myself because I trust myself and it's been over a month 
and I, I, I've had a bad nicotine addiction for six, seven years. I am not even fighting the urge to smoke. That's what, that's the crazy part for me is like, I don't want to, but, uh, the reason I brought it up, um, another thing, like the mantras I was giving myself are like, I prefer clean air to smoke. I prefer living to smoking. Uh, and like, I've just been like taking like consciously, like taking really deep breaths. And that's like the best drug in the world, just oxygen. Yeah. yeah. It feels so healthy, you know, and like water. That's the other one. It's like, I've been drinking a lot of water and I feel so much better, not just physically, but like, I'm not as anxious. I'm not as, I like my whole well being is better since I stopped. I've kind of gotten like, been pretty much either coffee or water for like the last two years and like i'll get stomach aches if it's anything like carbonated like cokes any kind will just for whatever reason just upsets my stomach now hmm. interesting yeah. it's like maybe <clears throat> like your body realizes it's poison if like it's not used to it it's all just the time. some kind of yeah yeah so when you don't eat a, if you don't eat a lot of fast food after for like months at a time and then you go to taco bell and then well taco bell at any point <laughs> that's poison right <laughs> that's the good poison <laughs> um and your body goes like Why? the um <laughs> I love taco bell rice and beans for a dollar two minutes from work i did oh, yeah. get up that uh that uh what is it double steak burrito like it's not bad no, I, I can't have it, but I know not you, but yeah, it, I'm it, sure it's excellent. It is, bomb. it is. Bomb. I could probably make it better at all. <laughs> no, but then you gotta do dishes. I don't care. I don't care. Cooking is come over. Cooking is like my love language. We should do a band potluck one day. Y'all come to my house. I will cook you so much. Well, if you want to go, we'll go shopping. I'll cook whatever you guys want, want to buy. Like, I love cooking for people. It's my love language. I love doing it. I cooked. Uh, I cooked uh, Thanksgiving meal for uh, some of my theater friends, and that was a that was a fun time. I really i i, I cooked like I cooked for like three hours straight, and uh, I was I actually ended up late to the friendsgiving, but everybody really enjoyed the food, and I had leftovers for days, and it was great. I, I had a really good time. With that. Were you a theater kid? S- still am. <laughs> Regrettably, oh, on, man. for better or worse. <laughs> it um, like, did you do? place yes yes um in fact, still yeah i was oh, recently, yeah i was recently uh seymour in little job of wars okay yeah um is there like a theater troupe here hmm i haven't been to a play there's in a, a long time there's so many um so um i did i did a uh, little shop of wars with consider this theater company in Murfreesboro. i'm currently I'm about to do a um a play that was written uh, by a local playwright with um, uh, Little Murfreesboro Theater in Murfreesboro mm-hmm. called uh, uh, Grand Finale. So that's going to be January 6th through 9th in Murfreesboro. Okay. Um, you know, there's just, I mean, there's, there's, they're all over the place. Um, Larry Keaton over by um, for like Fat Bites and uh, 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 what is that place? Um, that place the irish bar uh 
McNamara's over by oh, like, yeah, 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 over by McNamara's. There's uh, Larry Keaton Theater. They do stuff. Um, there's Dark Horse uh, somewhere in town. I, I want to say it's not. It's it's over by it's over it's over by um, that burger joint. Uh, El something. No, um, Rose something. Oh, um, uh, ML Rose. ML Rose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's over by oh, yeah. yeah, there's there's so much theater going on in Nashville, dude. It's it's incredible. Right on. It's so cool. I went to uh, Drunken Shakespeare a few years ago. I don't know if you know. Yeah, inebriated Shakespeare. Inebriated Shakespeare. That's what it was. Yeah. And before I saw a local play, Dog Sees God. It was like Charlie Brown themed. That was about four or five years ago. I can't remember the the company though that did it. Um, so interesting. Those are the only local plays I've seen, though. Oh yeah, dude. Like, I mean, just check Facebook. There's always stuff going on in Nashville. Right on. I saw a uh, a, a, a rock musical about Lizzie Borden uh, a couple months ago. That's that was really yeah. sick. Wow. Yeah, really cool. I I want to I want to get like uh, plugged in on that and keep up with it. it sounds fun. Yeah, man. So many cool stuff, dude. Were you? Did you do theater? Right I, no, I didn't. I was. Um. I, not only was I Jehovah's Witness, but I was also homeschooled. Oh. So uh, I was extremely sheltered. Yeah. That all of my Welcome friends the were world, in my dude. church. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, yeah. Welcome to the world. Dude. Hey, you know, it's pretty great. It's not as scary as they made it sound. Right? So. right. <laughs> I'm actually... Um, Are you sure how much of it you've seen? Uh, a fair share. <laughs> the, um... The, uh... Oh, I had a Mormon hit me up on Facebook the other day. I guess that's... They're, they're expanding their ministry to Facebook now, which is cool. Um, but I've been having, like, a really cool conversation with the guy because uh, I love talking about this yeah. kind of stuff. It's just, I have a problem when people want to talk about it, but don't, they want to tell me how they feel about it, but they're not willing to have a discussion about it. Like yeah. meet me on an equal playing field. And it's like, that, that frustrates me because I've read the Bible a few times and I, I understand its contents to a degree. And it's like, if someone's coming at you from a perspective of like, I'm the authority on this. It's like, I don't really, I don't like organized religion for that reason, where it's like a man is telling you how to feel about this or what, explaining to you how, what it is. A lot of it's, I feel like, I feel like the Bible, I've also read the Bible, but a lot of, like, a lot of it's anecdotal and a lot of it's really open-ended and, you know, it's been written and rewritten and re, re, you know, translated so many different times that it's really hard to tell what any of it actually is or means. And what I will say is that, like, I do agree with the idea that, like, somebody telling you this is what this means is stupid. But the idea or the concept of a a preacher or a worship leader who whose job it is to contextualize the Bible for people and go, this is how you can apply this to your everyday life. There, I think there's merit to that. Sure, totally. Like sharing a message and like. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think they overstep their bounds when it's like it's not a discussion. It's like you're, you're absolutely right. Depending yeah. on the intent, like the Joel Osteens of the world. Just, yeah, <laughs> fuck that. it's like so not Christian um, to to subjugate someone and like put them under your under your view. Exactly. It. It's like I feel like the best preachers are the people who aren't there to tell you it's my way or the highway instead of tell you, hey, I think a, a preacher, being a preacher, I feel like is like kind of like a lot like being a politician in the sense that like, you know, the people decide whether what you're saying is worth anything or not. You share how you feel and these people choose whether or not they believe you. Mm 
mm-hmm. or these people agree with you. Or they'll get another preacher. Or they'll get another preacher. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. It's like, man, yeah. I didn't. Th- I never really thought about it like that. But like, if it's it's the if it's the kind of church where you can like, hey, I don't like this guy's rhetoric about it, and just get another one like a politician. That's not so bad. I I think I can get behind something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's like a. <clears throat> I have to talk to people when whenever like Jehovah's Witnesses come up. I always want to let people know like don't like they are taught to not to present their perspective not even their perspective to present their their religion's perspective and kind of just one ear out the other with your perspective when they're having when they're having that kind of conversation with you um that's how they're taught and um I, i i fundamentally disagree with that um i don't but you know like my sister is still a regular pioneer. That means she knocks on doors, or at least she did pre-COVID, uh, um, like 70 hours a month or something like that. Jesus. And, you know, like, <clears throat> when someone leaves, it is a cult. When you leave, you're, no one's allowed to talk to you. But I have a really cool relationship with my family because they're real Christians. They're not just, this man told them not to talk to their son. They just blindly agree with that, you yeah. know? themselves um, <laughs> but I that is a very rare uh, scenario yeah I, I know many many kids that do not have that situation their parents will ignore their phone calls regardless of, they could be dying in the street and they're not going to get an answer why would you follow something that like that that would expect that expects that of you not very Christ-like is it yeah, why would no. you why would you why would you adhere why would you adhere to a religion or to any organization that would tell you that it's wrong for you to have contact with your children or your family Splitting up families is an extremely unchristian thing to do, and it, it, it makes me very aggravated. Um, yeah, there's a lot of hypocrisy in that. It's not just witnesses, obviously, it, they, although that's like the low-hanging fruit. Um, yeah. But that, that has made me like hyper-conscious of like group thinking, and it's like if, if someone uh, basically putting themselves under and a set of ideas instead of thinking about things critically um i think in order to be a human being you need to like figure it out for yourself you have to kind of like take weigh weigh all the ideas weigh buddhism mm-hmm. uh islam look at them all find what works for and you. find yeah works for you like I think the where we where we where we screwed up as a society or as a species is that we are looking at we don't look at we don't look at ourselves as the human race. Like I just had this thought of you know life is a dialogue. You know it's the sharing of information between people who may not necessarily agree or who have different experiences than you. And you know at the end of the day, you guys have different experiences. You guys have different ideas and opinions, and you have different things that you know make you who you are. And that's good. We need individuality in this life, but we also have to know that as human beings we still owe each other a certain degree of respect and empathy and support because no one else is going to do it. We have yeah. to, no man is an island. You know, you can be different. You know, you guys are all different from me. You guys are all, you know, have different thoughts and opinions and ideas and, and experiences. And I love those things about you guys. I love how different you are. And I like, 
I mean, the hell with it. Like, I, I just met you, but like, I love you, man. I love you too, bro. You're, I'm you're, so glad we're, you guys are here. You're this good. You're good people, and I, I'm thankful to be here with you, talking to you, and and having this experience. And like, you know, when the camera goes off, I hope we get to see see each other again and hang out. Fuck and yeah. Carry on, dude. Like, I'll be at the next kid romantic show for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But um, yeah, it's just like we we are so scared of opening ourselves up to the to each other, and that's what's going to kill us. Is we don't open up to each other, and if we don't accept each other as we are and still love and support and be there for each other then that's going to be the end of us you got it man it, it'll kill us all it'll actually like they'll start a world war three and it'll just be nukes and we'll be gone yep and that's a possibility that like we're actually facing and yeah yeah and the thing this is i don't understand is the thing that people don't seem to understand is after we're gone the earth will still be here mm. This is, we're we're just a small yeah piece when of the, the story. when the last human dies, Earth will still be here. Yeah, life will still be here yeah. unless we do something really good. Is good? <laughs> I mean, good and bad relative. <laughs> <laughs> really big. I mean, who, who determines yeah. who determines what's good and bad when the last person dies? <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, there's your question. Hey. Yeah, but it's like, it's like if a tree falls, forest kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the cockroaches decide at that point. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 already kind of the lord of this world, or this think we are. <laughs> We've yeah. been here before you. We'll be here after you. <laughs> the uh, man, tell your fucking jokes. You can <laughs> listen. You can you can look at us because no matter how you slice it, we are all so utterly insignificant in the grand scheme of things and i feel like the worst people in the world are the people who fight so hard to not be insignificant mm-hmm. it's the bezoses and the musts and the world the people who build pyramids Ego. they want they want so badly for, to be remembered that they just disregard everybody else they're so scared of being forgotten they're so scared of being insignificant and they don't realize that you are fighting against you're 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 swimming up river mm-hmm. you know jeff bezos is going to die and he's just going to be the guy who's responsible for you know who, he's just going to be the guy with the with the the penis rocket who you know whose company like let thousands of people die and starve like that's that's his legacy when bezos dies that's who he's going to be is the guy is that the evil like real life fucking lex Luthor. <laughs> yeah i was thinking the same thing yeah and then all in pursuit of what of, of trying to make himself bigger than everybody else right do you think shakespeare was like that i mean i'm just trying to think of like i think who, i think shakespeare yeah. i think shakespeare sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no you're good. i i i think shakespeare was some guy in like in victoria it was in victoria no it was it was elizabethan it was the it was the elizabethan Probably. Yeah, it was Queen Elizabeth at the time, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure I have an English teacher. I don't know. Yeah, I think we did a shower and we powdered our faces at that time. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, like he was some guy who liked to write and had a really like, like he had a really weird sense of humor. Like, like, yeah. What did I say? Like, Shakespeare is like the original bro. Like, it's bro humor. If you ever actually. (laughs) Really sit there and read oh, Shakespeare. It's bro humor. It's like, <laughs> what you mean. but like, I don't think when he was writing his plays that he thought he was gonna be right. Shakespeare. 
I any think, great artist? I thought I feel like he just he just thought he he was just doing what he wanted to do, which was write about these well, two dumb yeah. rich kids that got everybody killed because they, <laughs> they yeah. that's like one of the worst ones too. I don't like that one. Well, well bro, if you I don't out. think I don't think I don't think that I don't think that I think if you could talk to Shakespeare about Romeo and Juliet right now, I don't think he would say it was a tragedy. I think mm. he would think I think he would call it a satire. I think if you look mm. at it as a satire, it makes a lot more sense from a narrative perspective. It's uh here are these two rich who are these two rich yeah. kids yeah. who are so involved, self-involved that all these people die because they can't like they can't get their shit together. They want to piss off their parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I get yeah, I see what you mean about it being a satire. It's like it, it's certainly not a love story. Yeah. And that, I mean it is a that's a, a, a component in it, but it's almost like they didn't they thought they were in love. Yeah, like yeah. did they gain for like what a it, month? Yeah, it's yeah. not yeah. even that. It's a story about privilege. It's a yeah. story about privilege. Well, and a age? bunch of people getting caught in and get killed. Yep. What yeah. were the ages again? Like 13 and 15. Yeah. Oh, God. Something and when like you think that, of, yeah. well, also when you consider the fact that people didn't live past like 30 at that time, like, uh, yeah. they're middle aged. <laughs> you know, that's a good point. <laughs> it's like, yeah, 30 is an old man. <laughs> they're all dead. But I just proposed that question just because I'm just thinking about like those figureheads in history that, you know, are still going to be talked about like long after we're gone kind of thing. Like, what was that person like? Was, I mean, was Shakespeare like Bezos or so on and so forth? I, I don't think, was I don't. Roosevelt like Elon Musk or something? I, again, I don't, I don't think Shakespeare was out to be Shakespeare. I mean, he was. I don't think he expected Shakespeare to be he just what did it is. Thing. He was just doing his thing. Yeah. You know, I think that's, if, if we all just, you know, accepted the fact that at one point we are going to die and it might be a hundred years, it might be a thousand years, it might be 10,000 years, but eventually we will be forgotten. Mm-hmm. And nothing we've done in our, how our, in our 50, 60, 70, 80 years of life will mean anything. I think once we accept that as an inevitability, we are free. We are free to do what is chill now. Yeah. Yeah, no stress. You do whatever yeah. you want because at the end of the day, nothing you do matters. But I don't say that to be a nihilist. I say that I uh, there was a there was a quote from uh, Angel of all shows. I love that show. I, I, Best spinoff ever. What's that? Uh, this is the spinoff of Buffy. Yeah. Buffy. Oh, okay. Yeah, but um, he has this quote: "If nothing we do matters, then all that matters is what we do." It's like if you're if there are no consequences to your actions, pretend there were no consequences to your actions. What would you do? Would you be a dick? Would you knock shit over and break things and hurt people? Or would you want to do good? Not because it matters, but because that's who you are in your heart. When you say like Star Trek. So like there would still be good consequences. Like you could still do good. It's just you couldn't do bad. Is that or I'm saying if, if, if nothing, if nothing you did held any significance. If there wasn't, I don't anything, know if I do anything. Right. That's your choice. If it, but ultimately, that's your choice, and if you're willing to live with the quote-unquote consequences of that, then you know that's you. Rock on. Hmm. Yeah, I think maybe that one's a hard one for me to wrap my head around because I think I choose to do things because of the consequences. It's like this will have good consequences, or this will have consequences that benefit me. I mean. So that that's you 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 may yeah that's 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 a good point. But if you think of it less less so much in the consequences as being 
either materialistic or something that you will gain or lose as a result mm-hmm. of. Because, because again, either way, given enough time, what? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. Like nothing. You can't take any of it. So if ultimately right. nothing matters, the moment that you live in, that is what matters because that exists. Mm-hmm. At least in theory. yeah, and the things that and the things that you choose to choose to do in that moment. The next moment, who knows? But in this moment matters. Which you do, yeah. I got you. I'm trying to write a song about this. You guys are inspiring, man. <laughs> way too late tonight. Right. Yeah. Can't wait what's what songwriting look like for you guys? Um, it's definitely, I would say we're still experimenting with a few different processes because, I mean, what's it start with? Like, does it start with a concept or like a riff or? Um, Hard to say. I mean, I'm sure you have your process. I have my process and then Kid Romantic like has their process together. Exactly. Like our process as a band, which I want to state on the record that like you guys are the best songwriting partners I've ever had in my entire life. Like bar none. It's not even close because I've never had this, the, the synergy. And I've never, I never thought I would have the synergy when it came to writing music that I have with you guys, because the last song that we wrote together was incredible. I love that song and I can't wait to, to, to play it and record it and it's going to be great. Yeah, Bob, be, take note. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. But, um, you know, and I, and I showed it to some, to, to someone close to me and they were like, yeah, this isn't like anything you've ever written, but it's good. You know, it's just, it's very different from anything that I alone have written. And I like that. I like that, you know, it has sort of like all of our, all of us in that, mm-hmm. you know, and I look forward to doing more stuff like that with you. We've only written one song together thus far, but um, it but it's a banger. Right on, man! And I, I can't wait to share that with people. I'm excited. Um, yeah, I I've never <clears throat> I, I write poetry, but I, I guess that's I didn't when I asked you guys that I didn't think about it. it's a collaborative effort, obviously. Like I don't, yeah, that should have been. Yeah, now that I think about it, like obviously you each bring something to the table. Um, whereas like I, I just don't know what that's like because I've always the stuff I do is like just me. You know? I don't know. I'm I'm a big believer that poetry is lyricism, you know, without the melody. And I mean it yep. still even has like rhythm to it and like whether you hear the words first or the rhyme first or you see the imagery that you're going for, maybe you just you hear a cadence. You know, and you you find the things to fill in the blanks. And also, I, I wouldn't yeah. discount yourself for your process. I think it's oh, very yeah. musical. Oh, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. I mean, like, your art is what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. It's yours. You know, and don't discredit it because it, it's it's part of who you are. It's how you express yourself, and that matters. Yeah, I, I really just meant I don't know what it's like to collaborate with people. Oh, like yeah, I don't yeah. I don't have any frame of reference for that. I, I feel <laughs> that. It's um, it's one of those things that's either going to happen or it doesn't. And mm-hmm. I know this because I've been in several rooms with several people who are like, yeah, let's write songs together. And then I'll leave that room and it's like, oh God, that was horrible. Mm-hmm. I did not experience that with you guys. And it's also interesting too how, and I, I think, I think it's kind of the same between us because like I've written with you and I've written with Alex and I find it interesting between us that a lot of how things start are kind of guided by 
what we do. Like I'm primarily a guitar player. So for me, a lot of things start with either a chord progression or a riff or something like that, that I'll bring to them and be like, kind of like our last song. Like I had this riff chord progression kind of thing. He kind of got a melody from that and we started writing lyrics or at least y'all pretty well wrote lyrics. Uh, and it came from that. Whereas some of the songs like Alex had the chords, he had the melodies like, and I think because he's very much, you know, singer songwriter, like from where he comes from, I'm not a lyricist or a writer or a singer in that instance. Uh, I think guides, at least those initial processes. And then you, you just kind of bring that to the group and see what people are feeling and see how it grows from there. Gotcha. It's, it's a beautiful thing, but it's also incredibly vulnerable. I grew up in a small town where not a lot of other people made music. So I didn't have that opportunity to collaborate with others. And so trying to work with other people when you've just like relied on yourself after so long, like in my music, so personal, sometimes it's kind of like you cut yourself open and you're like, which parts do you want? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah. It's a level of vulnerability that you have to be for sure. For sure. I appreciate that, you know, you feel comfortable sharing that space with us. I was about to say, I'm never comfortable. <laughs> you make me less uncomfortable. Well, that's the, that's the idea. <laughs> if, we're, if you're less uncomfortable, we're doing our job. <laughs> <So> cool. Victory? <laughs> um, this next question, I want to preface, like, no one on this planet knows the answer but there's a million different ideas about it. What do you guys think happens after we die in no particular order? I mean, essentially nothing, complete cessation of consciousness. I mean, just like how when you go to sleep and the next thing you know, you wake up for whatever reason, whether it's the sun rose or you gotta pee, like during the space in between, Definitely could be. So you say it like that, but a lot of times when you wake up and you're like, oh, I just woke up, I didn't dream, like maybe you did and you just don't recall it. Yeah. So maybe consciousness does exist after life, but that short-term, long-term memory is no longer there. Like, do we still carry it with us? Could be. I, don't, I hope nothing. Oh, you hope nothing? I hope nothing. Hmm. Yeah life is tiring it'd be good to sleep that does sound really nice sometimes right it's like the myriad of different shows for the rest of everything <laughs> so i'm a person who has a deep deep existential fear of death like i can't reconcile the fact that one second i'm here and then i'm not scary shit don't like that don't like that at all and the more I, and if i and i've had moments where it's like if i sit there and i think about it too long i will shut down hmm. but um something that i an idea that i found comfort in is the idea of so matter cannot be or energy cannot be created or destroyed right mm -hmm. so all the synapses firing firing in my head right now that are allowing me to move and talk and speak and think that energy has to go somewhere, right? Mm. So I imagine it's like 
the synapses and the energy that is making me or making my consciousness is dispersed throughout the universe. And I suddenly become a part of everything. Have you ever, have you ever been in love? I think so. I imagine it's like being in love with everything that has ever existed mm -hmm. all at once. Like just this indescribable euphoria. I imagine that's what, I, I imagine that might be what heaven is. Mm. Deathgasm. <laughs> it's a new band yeah. name. <laughs> it's a little heavy, don't you think? It's, like, I mean, well, it's a little heavy. I mean, but dope t-shirt though. Like, okay. like that. Just, you, you can't, can't eat when you read it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Deathgasm. Oh man. Pickles. So that's so that's my working theory. I yeah, I okay, love it. So gotcha. we all become fossil fuels. <laughs> it's like it, that's kind of like so like we're made up of all these different particles and dust and stuff from the stars and all that. And then it's kind of like we just well, once that goes away, you just kind of go out again, right? Yeah. That, yeah. It's like a singularity. It's like things oh like like the big bang or something. Yeah. Exactly. That makes a lot of sense. It's yeah. And it's like obviously like it's the, the 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 death of the ego. You don't know what's happening, but at that point, do you really care? I guess you don't. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's only the alive of in us that like wants to hold on to being alive. Yeah, it's the, the sense of self. Yeah. I have a lot of uh, fear about that kind of stuff too. Um I think it, it can it can help to talk about it. Like I like hearing other ideas about it that that gives me some kind of comfort. Um, uh, do you guys think there's like a, a rhyme or reason to any of this, or we're just kind of here? I would very much like to believe that. Like I, it's one of those things that I would. Uh, but yeah, now think, I think well, about it. You already answered this. You you said it's kind of like. Um, but, uh, the, that there, uh, what what matters is meaning is what you put into it rather than, so. <clears throat> I I think that was kind of a redundant question because we already kind of hit that. It's like, um, because you were talking earlier about uh, what was it, uh, the Buffy spinoff? What was it called? The Angel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The if nothing we do matters and all that matters is what we do. Was there another spinoff though, or was Angel the only one? I think it was just Angel. Mm -hmm. Okay. I keep trying to think that there was another one. It's like 12 seasons combined, isn't it? No? <laughs> yeah, you went, shit right yeah, right, 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 really right. went off the rails. Like, that right. should have stopped. It after, was good. After like, they sank my ship, I was done. I, I checked out after uh, after mm. uh, Fred and Gun. Like, I, I hated that. I, it was like a... um, earlier on, you were saying that music is, like, as a kid, was something that, like, really, like, helped you through some stuff. Um, or, or had an impact on you is what you said, I believe. Yeah. Um, I, I, sorry, I was just going to say, um, who, who were and are some of those artists that like really resonated with you? So, uh, it's like you can name a million until I ask you, you know? I, I, I yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, I have a lot of, I have a lot of bands that I love. And a lot of artists that I love. Um, 
the band I think that resonated with me the most, just like on an emotional and just like a like a like a just like just deep rooted level, um, is uh, Fall Out Boy. Like their their lyrics are so like kind of esoteric in a way mm-hmm. and just so kind of like out there, but if you really listen to what they're saying there's so many great little quotes there in all of their songs that it's just like something that really resonated with me at a time where i was just really going through it and it it was it was from the song uh save rock and roll uh from their comeback album when they went after they came back from their hiatus um is you are what you love not who loves you and like that i can i can sit here and give you like fall boy quotes all day just stuff that really, really like resonated with me mm-hmm. and like made me feel less alone. Mm-hmm. So and kind of thinking of that, I feel that this somewhat relates because when you started talking about their lyrics, I started thinking of uh, Thanks for the Memories, yeah. whereas like um, say a prayer, but let the good times roll in case God doesn't show. And that kind of makes me think of like some of what we've talked about. Earlier. Right. I have never thought about Fall away lyrics on this level before, and I, I regret that. I don't, I, think, a lot, I, don't, I don't think a lot of people just, do. Yeah, just <laughs> go to McKinney's, get a CD, open up the jacket. Like, yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> what about you guys? Any major inspirations? Um, you know, I, I love a lot of music for a lot of different reasons. You know, as a child, I really love share, but I guess the band that made me feel less alone and more alive was probably Mike and the Romance. Hmm. It's a great band. I've been actually listening to them here recently. I like took a break where I didn't listen to them for a long time, not for any particular reason, just I didn't. And now I've been going through Black Parade. I'm like, man, these songs, they're still fucking bangers. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that whole album is dope. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Uh, well, we kind of had a conversation about this like not too terribly long ago, but. That's prepared. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Not really. Uh, but probably about when I started playing guitar, uh, there were a few albums that kind of came out around that time that was like, it'd be cool mm-hmm. to like actually learn how to play. Uh, Green Day's American Idiot, American Idiot, that one. And also like Fall Out Boy, Green Day, My Chemical Romance. I mean, I think the 15-year-old Trinity for me was probably MCR, Fall Out Boy, and Panic for Disco. There you go. Yeah, it was, it was Fall Out Boy, Panic, and Paramore for me. Yeah. That, um, was, that, that was the thing of our generation. That was like real saving grace type shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like then, like the whole like decadence and like the whole pop punk era before before the, the, the khaki shorts and shit, like, <laughs> and just like, once upon a time, I'm going to disappoint you in the song. Once upon a time, <laughs> Punk punk had personality, and like every band didn't sound like every other band. You had Fall Out Boy, you had My Kim, you had Panic, you had Paramore, you had All Time Low, all these bands. And even though they were in the same genre and like they they occupied the same space musically, they were all so different mm. from each other, and they all had something different to say. You know, pop punk. Once upon a time, pop punk wasn't. You know, I hate my life. I hate. There's like it wasn't these like fucking spoiled white suburban kids crying about how much they hate their lives and their girlfriends and whatever. It was like there was like Fall Out Boy was whiny, but Fall Out Boy was whiny in a way where it was like 
they weren't passing the buck. It was like, it, like Fall Out Boy feels like some, Fall Out Boy and Paramore and My Chem feels, feel like, to me, those songs feel like somebody working through their pain. Mm. Exactly. They're like, adjusting yeah. it and rephrasing it. Yeah. On, on a similar line of thought, I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine that like art is like something happened to someone and they're like trying to share that with you where and then what you have is like um and i'm not dogging anyone that does this because there's it, its own kind of art in it but you, you have imitators you see people who like people see people doing that and they want to be like that um and that's like there there's a whole industry for that right like yeah. the uh the because the those uh sound engineers that are making stuff for like justin bieber and olivia Taylor Rodrigo, Swift, who's getting who's getting who like owes who owes royalties to paramore now mm. <laughs> so, i can't remember what it was but like they're making i've been hurt before like, and i like her stuff though <laughs> no that's fair hey, that's, that's fair but i'm just saying like it's wild that like she now owes royalties to paramore because like her hit song the song that put her on the map is b for b just misery business no shit yeah which which track good um i think it is good for you yeah huh that was it. i don't I don't hear it close enough to get sued. I feel like there's only so many chords out there. That's true. Like, that's like, true. That but true, it's like yeah. when you think about like somebody broke somebody broke it down on a TikTok actually. If I can ever find it again, I'll send it to you. But yeah, there's like, a couple of you YouTube can literally do but that like, with so many things. Like, you can, how many songs you, you, sound, you, just, sound just like Smash Mouth? Well, you, can, you can do that. A lot are just sampling. Like in hip hop specifically, like you get a lot of samples. I listen to a ton of hip hop, and I like samples. Yeah, like, no, I they, like that shit. That's 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 where the that that's those are the that's hip hop's roots, right. and it got to the point where they couldn't do it anymore because people were getting sued. Yeah, and that's how we got like 808s and shit. Like people, mm-hmm. and then we got guys like Timbaland who like really like made beats from the ground up, and it's like the the stuff, and like that was, I feel like, you know. I, even though like I, I kind of missed the age of sampling, I think the creativity that has that is like you said before, you know, necessity breeds innovation. When people were getting sued for sampling songs and are like, oh shit, we can't do this anymore. People started building beats from the ground up and trap happened. Mm-hmm. And trap is such an, like people will act like they, they uh, trap music, this, that, whatever. You, everybody listen to trap music. They used to play trap music in, in middle school dances. Like, and it's like, and it's not so much like the lyrical content. It's just the the, the ingenuity that had to come out of that time. You know, yeah, the yeah, things that they sure. had to do to make that music happen is like, it's artistry. It's art. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like we were talking about, about um, like innovation. I think you said it. innovation comes out of like uh, necessity. necessity. It's like that music would never would have happened if it like it wasn't the conditions that were around exactly yeah history is really important to context no matter what you're talking about yeah Yeah, kind of like how we got grunge to finally kill hair metal (laughs) (laughs) and then then we got butt rock and then we got and then butt rock is still here and then we got pop punk to to kill kill butt rock Yeah, what you're saying about like, um, like in that early 2000s pop punk genre, I never really thought about, but there is like a 
a lot of diversity in it. Like Fall Out Boy does not sound like Panic at the Disco and Panic at the Disco does not sound like My Chemical Romance. And even at those times when the instrumentation was the same, because you're still talking about drums, bass, guitar, and vocals, essentially. Exactly, like everybody wanted to along. Yeah, and and yeah, and Blink too. Like you look at all those bands, they were all working with the same elements and still kind of built their own pillars in a way. Yeah. It's like, I don't really know if there are other genres, like if other genres do that so much. It's like, sure they do. Hip hop. Like you can can go, you can go and listen to a bunch of different, at least, at least in that era, you can listen to a bunch of different rappers and like they all, you know, you know what Kanye sounds like, you know what Jay-Z sounds like, you know what Kid Cudi, you know, or like, I don't know, uh, who else was there? Oh, fucking yin yang twins like you know these artists hey. when you hear them you know what it is you're right there's a lot of artists in every genre and it, what i think what it is is like um what i'm seeing what i'm really seeing is that it's uh like oversaturated where you get a bunch of imitators but there are those pillars of like to kind of set the standard and then other people start doing that and that's that's what i'm seeing is like uh you got a lot of people that want to be like that a well, specific artist. I think what's happening now is that music is so accessible mm-hmm. and so much easier to make now. Mm. And like more tools, yeah. Yeah, and like everything get every, everything is so everything is so what's the word I'm looking for? Um brief. Like mm-hmm. like we we were talking about Olivia Rodrigo. There was a point there was like there was like a like a two to three month period where all anybody talked about was Olivia Rodrigo, and then it just stopped. And it's like not, it's not to say that people don't still listen to her or people also like her, but it's just that like she's no longer the trending comic. Mm. I don't even know what that is. Like, <laughs> and like that's what's happening. It's like every big artist has like a two to three month period, like it's like a season yeah. where they're the where they're the hot thing, where like everybody's talking about them, and then it just stops, and then the next person comes. And then the next person comes and then it's like, that's what keeps happening. And everybody's trying to capture their, their, their 15 seconds, you know? And that's not to say everybody, because like there's music that I listen to, like all the stuff that I'm listening to right now is stuff that nobody else has probably heard of. It's just stuff that I found on accident, just like looking mm-hmm. through like artists you may, artists you may also like on Spotify. Mm-hmm. and I've compiled this like laundry list of artists that like I'm really loving right now and like nothing sounds like these guys right now like nothing that's put, being played on the radio for sure for certain but like I just found a bunch of artists that way that I really really enjoy like they don't have a whole lot of music out they have maybe like a couple albums or two they maybe only been active for like the last two or three years but like I really enjoy this music and it means something and it's and a lot of it's I'm at a point in my life where it's like, I don't need music stuff. Music does touch me, but I don't need it to so much anymore. There was a point in my life where music was like a security blanket where it was like, I needed this to feel good. Mm. And I do still need music to feel good in a way. Like music makes me happy, but it's like, I don't need it to feel, you know, you know, when you're a teenager and you sit in your room and you just cry to this one album. Like, I don't need that anymore. It, It kind of sounds like you found in music what a lot of people find in religion, that like hope. Yeah, hope. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, I don't look for hope so much anymore in music. I just look for things that I, I, I enjoy. It helped you through like through stuff. And now it's, now you can like appreciate it in a different way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got exactly. you. 
Oh, this is really rude. I have to pee. Oh, okay. <laughs> be my guest. <laughs> I mean, be my guest. <laughs> we moved in. <laughs> Our house now. Yeah, we live here now, dude. Um, okay, yeah. that. <laughs> I was at the gym the other day. You, you know the Folgers house is like our house in the middle of our street. street. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that music video was on the TV, but I'm listening to like death metal or something because again I'm at the gym. Yeah. Like and I'm just like it's fascinating. Like listen, watch music videos, but listen to something else. That's a really interesting experiment. We should oh, try that. oh yeah. And there it was uh I was listening to like uh I think it was like Sister Sparrow, and it was like Billy Idol video was playing. It was just like, this is interesting. <laughs> video mashups. There's a there's a video. This is my favorite video in the world right now. Well, one of my favorites. But it's like it's this. Uh, what my cup did he? It's. <laughs> it was nearby. But it like so like it. it it's set up like it's so it's a it's a bunch of young African American gentlemen, you know, they're just hanging out on the block as as they are wont to do. And you think it's gonna be like this hardcore rap song, and then the music starts, and it's boyfriend by big time rush, and they're all like lip syncing and dancing. There you go. <laughs> like, Don't they have like a show like and the band come first? Um simultaneously. Big time rush was a manufactured band specifically for the show. Don't like that. Yeah, I mean, like, like a, a like a thing. fake band within a TV show. Yeah, I mean, well, they've been doing this in the 60s. Well, yeah. well, the thing is, like, I can't believe we're talking about Big Time Rush now, but, <laughs> that, but that was a thing that happened at one point, and they were extremely mediocre, but <laughs> Boyfriend was a bop. I'm not going to lie. I really did fuck with that song heavy like, when it came out. <laughs> they were, that was the Nickelodeon thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, they have been doing that a long time though. That like yeah, that was yeah. the monkeys. That was that's that's what I was thinking too. Yeah. It's like man. So uh, actually, do you are you were the monkeys a not a band? No, that? Okay. no, they, they wow. were made specifically for the TV. That's hilarious. Yeah, my favorite one's the Wiggles. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not the Wiggles. The Wiggles are great. I actually I'm don't know. Kidding. I actually don't know a Wiggles song at all. But hey, like people go hard for fruit salad. Like yeah. that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay so the wiggles have bops that's fine i'm cool <laughs> doesn't have doesn't bother me any. <laughs> we have been going almost two hours it doesn't yeah. feel like that but yeah i could it's go another longest, I, yeah. I could go another two <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i definitely could too uh I, for alice's sake maybe we should start wrapping it up though um i'm done kid romantic um you guys are awesome thank you really great we love thank you <laughs> feelings mutual sir courtney mason thank you guys so much um alice we'll see you next week and keep up with these guys what they got going on bye can y'all come back now <laughs>